Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sports Travel Podcast. This is Jason Gewertz, the editor and publisher of Sports Travel, and we're excited to have another great guest today in Yu Chang Cheng, the president of Top Golf Media. But before we go on to the conversation, the Sports Travel Podcast is sponsored by the Teams Conference and Expo, the world's largest gathering of sports event organizers and the destinations and suppliers that serve the sports event industry. Teams 19 will be held at the Anaheim Convention Center in Anaheim, California, November 11th through the 14th. And this year's conference will once again feature the co-location of the U.S. Olympic Committee's Olympic Sports Link and NGB Best Practices Seminars, as well as the annual symposium of the National Congress of State Games. For more information about Teams and what's in store in Anaheim, visit teamsconference.com. And now on to our conversation with Yu Cheng Cheng. Many people are probably familiar with Topgolf, which now has 52 driving ranges around the country that serve 13 million guests annually. The company, however, has become more than a place to hang out, eat some high-quality food, and smack some golf balls as far as you can. Topgolf now has a range of products that include their Swing Suite, which uses a simulator to allow people to swing clubs virtually anywhere in social or corporate situations. And the latest product is the Esports Lounge, the first of which opened earlier this year at a Topgolf range in Las Vegas. Esports is a new category for Topgolf, but as you'll hear, it's by design. We hope you enjoy this conversation with Yu Chang and why esports is top of mind for a company that began with a focus on golf. Yu Chang, welcome to the Sports Travel Podcast. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, happy to be here. I think a lot of our listeners are familiar with Top Golf, uh, at least as a place to practice their golf swing, if nothing else. But the company has been doing some interesting things in recent years with regards to events and now a push into esports, which we'll get into here in a bit. But I thought for starters, let's get into a little of your background and, and how you came to Top Golf. I know that you were the co-founder of World Golf Tour, which is an online and mobile golf game that's had a following for years. But why don't we start there and just talk a little bit about how you even got connected with Top Golf? Yeah, sure. You know, my, my journey started over six years ago when the chairman of Top Golf, Eric Anderson, approached me. And, you know, he had this inkling in his mind that Top Golf really was a lot more than just a location based business. And, you know, it's had a, a very long history of innovation. Top Golf started by changing the way that people play at the driving range and really made golf accessible to everyone. But Eric really felt that there's something more here, there's something more we could do in terms of innovation. And together, you know, we started charting out a course of how do you make Top Golf relevant all over the world and everyone's lives beyond our venue. And in that thought process, Eric and the board felt that to be relevant in today's world, they needed a strong digital and media content presence. And so about three years ago, uh, actually almost exactly three years ago, they acquired my company called WGT that I started with my two co-founders, Jeff Prada and Chad Nelson, where we had built up the largest digital golf community and, and game on iOS and Android and, and PC. And, you know, we built that game and community from scratch, came from an entertainment background and media background and game background, and it was just a really great fit for Topgolf. And from there, you know, Eric and I partnered together to build out all our out-of-venue assets from shows streaming shows to, you know, talk about crush at stadiums, build WGT and continue to grow that, build games across all the different platforms, basically launch new businesses inside of Top Golf as we innovate. Eric just refers to me as the startup guy. And we try to keep that that feeling here at Top Golf. And, you know, what's really special about it is that, you know, I really am sort of like a 
entrepreneur in residence, and Top Golf sort of acts as my VC in funding. And we take the Top Golf brand and we take the funding and we try to build things that are relevant to our to our guests. And the great thing about Top Golf and what we discovered three years ago when we started this journey together is that our brand and what we stand for is really about bringing people together and connecting them in meaningful ways. And through mostly play, music, and food were the main pillars that drove that sort of collaboration, that convening of people. And, you know, that's in our core and that's our purpose here in life is to bring people together and celebrate commonalities and play and games is a big part of that. And that's why we're talking today about esports. Well, let's transition a little bit into esports. So in December, Topgolf announced that you'll be making a push into esports by creating esports lounges that will be branded with partnership from TCL, which is a major television manufacturer, at six of your locations. So let's discuss that a little bit because, you know, on the surface, some might wonder what a driving range would be doing hosting an esports event, but there's a lot more going on here, it seems. Yeah, and it does come back to that sort of insight and discovery we had about our purpose. And we feel that we're successful wherever we bring people together. And, you know, our vision is that not only our venues can serve as central community centers in all the towns and cities we're in where people can hang out and share and break bread together, but that our properties and our content and our digital assets also do the same thing. And, you know, we just really felt strongly that Gaming and play is one of those sort of bonds that bring people together. You know, you can forget about your stresses of the day and share over common talk and activity around games. And that's either like watching football or that's playing a, a game of bridge or that could be playing a game of top golf. And in this case, it's also playing, you know, some esports and learning together and growing together. And so what we've learned is by bringing people together, that's where we're most successful. And in surveying our guests, we found that the majority of them are, are not just golfers, that they love other activities, especially around games, and that close to a third of them already participate in one way or another with esports today. So either watching or playing or trying to learn. So we felt that it was a natural fit for us. And so what's the concept here of these lounges? Will you be hosting events there, or is the thought that uh, someone comes in to hit some balls at the driving range and then they transition over to play some video games. What's the thinking there? Yeah, the thinking is that in all our venues, we will support and be able to do what we call, you know, esports, you know, activities. I mean, those activities are anything from a coaching session where someone teaches you how to play Rocket League or Fortnite or helps coach you up on the strategies and techniques. We'll have watch parties, so partnering with a few of the top esports teams and publishers to watch their finals and championships where, just like watching the Super Bowl, you'll gather with your friends and like-minded folks and have some great music and food and hang out and, and watch the, the competition unfold. And we also have an activation that's called Beat the Pro, where we take former professional esports players and you try to play against them in a round. And if you win, then you can get a prize. And in this case, it's most likely going to be a TCL TV. We'll also have league nights. So you'll be able to play your favorite game uh, in your favorite local league, just like bowling leagues or top golf league, just night for the neighborhood to get together and play a game together. 
and we'll also have like new product launches and autograph signings and other type of activities like that. But all of our venues will support those types of activities and to our favor. And, and, and we're very thankful that TCL has decided to help us plus up you know, a few venues where we'll have even more facilities there, more equipment to um, host these events with TCL. So let's talk about that a little bit. You're starting out at six locations. I saw that you opened first one in Las Vegas around the CES show. So just go into that a little bit. What's the difference between what's happening at these six particular locations that you're starting compared with all the other top golf venues that you have around the country? Sure. These six venues, they're just going to have more sort of investment into them. So they're going to be more comfortable. They're going to have a much larger number of screens to the help of uh, TCL. We're going to uh, make sure that bandwidth is actually you know, more quick and it is dedicated to these activities. And we're going to have larger breadth of consoles, games, and furniture to accommodate these activities. So although you can go to any top golf and, and play and you're going to be able to watch some things on screens, these six will be a little bit more special and a little bit more bespoke to, to esports. Gotcha. And we mentioned Las Vegas. So the other five that you're starting out with are Austin, Houston, Charlotte, Minneapolis, and Scottsdale. Can you walk us through why those particular cities seem like a good place to start? Yeah, you know, some of it was just we were looking at population as well as esports density. And, you know, especially Austin, Scottsdale, and Minneapolis, those are, are booming cultural centers these days, not only around esports, but culinary and technology and, and just general culture. So we just worked with TCL as well as a few of the industry folks at in esports, and those were the markets we decided to start with. You touched on it a little bit before, but when it comes to data of your customers, how closely are you monitoring that? I mean, you have some evidence that there is some crossover, it seems, between the folks who are already showing up at Top Golf for an experience and uh, people who are interested in esports. I mean, from what you've seen so far, is there a lot of crossover there or just some? It's roughly about a third of our, our total population. You know, in aggregate, the majority of the guests who visit Top Golf are Gen Z and millennials. And, you know, what's very interesting is that we try to mirror our associate or employee population to the population of guests because like-minded people tend to have more fun together. And so our associate population tends to be very young too, and a large number of them play esports and participate in esports also. So I think it's just basically if you're under the age of 25, these days, you are being involved in esports one way or the other. And that just so happens to be the majority of our population, both from an employee and guest standpoint. And what kind of reaction have you received from game publishers so far? Are you working with them as you kind of build out the concept of what type of events you might actually be hosting at these top golf facilities? Yeah, you know, with the TCL announcement, we had a massive sort of overwhelming response from game publishers as well as teams and sponsors. So, you know, I think that our theory or hypothesis has coming true, which is that in the marketplace, there was a lack of physical activation space that was really custom to this industry where people like a publisher or a team could go to and feel like you knew what you're doing and 
and that you know esports and you're part of it and that they don't have to sort of teach you everything. So I think all the teams and all the publishers you know, are very excited that they now have a place that they can use. They're not in the business of running locations and hospitality. And our programming calendar is filling up pretty quickly from those folks. That's interesting. We've uh, certainly covered this as well um, over the last year or so. As you know, uh, we're starting to see esports-specific venues get developed. Esports Arena in Las Vegas opened last year, and you know Allied Esports, who owns them, have other properties in California. Arlington, Texas, just opened an arena you know, in their convention center space that they've redeveloped. You're seeing, in some cases, even the pro teams, the NBA 2K League comes to mind. Some of these teams are building practice facilities that may have a community component in there I and mean, college campuses. Where do you see Topgolf kind of fitting into this landscape? Do you have the potential to build out some very specific esports-related areas of your venue, but you're also, over time, probably going to be competing with some of these other uh, venues that are popping up trying to do something similar, or at least with a focus on esports. Yeah, you know, I think what differentiates us is that we already get a lot of foot traffic. So unlike a dedicated space, we, we have guests, we have people coming. You don't have to sort of generate the traffic yourself, which makes it a lot easier. And with our brand, um, to get attendance up will be very much simpler. But yet we have the benefit of a dedicated space in that we understand it and we're not a convention center or a hotel that doesn't really love and understand esports. So you get sort of the best of both worlds. But we generally see ourselves not competing against stadiums and large dedicated built-out spaces. Again, we're about smaller communities and locations and, and local folks gathering together and participating in esports together. So our sweet spot will be somewhere between the 20 to 300 person range type events, though we can accommodate slightly bigger. But we just want to be the regular watering hole in your community that you go hang out and um, amateurs and pros can play. But, you know, we're not really aiming to be the big, large tournament places. And it's, it's interesting because that world is becoming even more competitive. I should mention, I mean, even Walmart announced that they're creating these sports experiences at their stores as well, which is an interesting thing as well when you talk about foot traffic of people coming in. But I realize you guys are doing something different than they are, but at the same time seeing some interesting encroachment into the esports industry as to you know, where yeah. people might uh, decide to spend their time. Yeah, I think it's just there's demand, right? And so a, a lot of smart people will try to fill it. Um, and, you know, we just hope we, we have a piece of that. And, you know, all we can do is do it the most authentically and provide great experience. And yeah, I'm very confident that you're going to want to hang out at our spot and, and have our quality of food and, and hospitality. And it would be very difficult for other people to sort of match that. Well, that's a concept that you guys have been working with quite a bit even outside of esports. Maybe I'll transition just briefly into one of your other products, which is interesting to us as well, your swing suites, which are, well, maybe you could explain it a little better than I can, but this is a, a product that's outside of those larger driving ranges that we've seen from Top Golf as well. Yeah, so we have those large, you know, entertainment venues, and then what we realized is that our brand and our playbook around providing hospitality and a great menu and food really are special in that people want to experience it outside of our entertainment venues. So, you know, what we've done is we created the product called Swing Suites, which is a giant interactive screen and computer attached where you can play a bunch of games on, but yet 
participate in the Top Golf Life, and we help curate the menus and train the staff and the hospitality, so you still get that great Top Golf feeling. But instead of hitting a golf ball into you know a giant uh, field, what you're doing is you're hitting into a screen. But these swing suites are very interactive and they're very dynamic. And you know an interesting stat about Top Golf is that over 50% of people who play at Top Golf don't consider them, themselves golfers. And what we've done is we've allowed swing suites to go beyond that and to drive that further in that the majority of the games in the swing suite aren't even golf games. So, you know, you're having a top golf experience, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's golf. And in swing suites, you can do a quarterback challenge and throw footballs at the screen. You can throw baseballs in a pitching game. We have zombie dodgeball there where you're trying to, you know, not get run over by zombies and there'll be a lot more other games there too so it's just again the the beauty of our brand is that it's very expansive and inclusive and those suites i mean they're in hotels you're in sports arenas you're in golf resorts in some cases as well that's kind of an interesting mix of venues so you can go into with that particular product yeah it's anywhere where someone wants a little bit of entertainment right and someone who wants some zombies on their screen apparently as well yeah, yeah, it is fun. It's actually quite a workout. I, I like come out sweating every time I play zombie dodgeball. That's kind of interesting too. I mean, as we look at what Top Golf is doing, we talked about with esports and and some of what you just touched on. I mean, from a branding end, it's so much. It seems so much more than golf. I wonder if you know at some point Top Golf gets a different name or some sort of something that can connotate all these things that you guys are going into. Yeah, well, I think it's kind of meeting in the middle. You know, what's great is between us as well as the rest of the golf industry is we're really expanding beyond, you know, the the white pants and green grass. And really over the last five years, professional golf has really opened itself up to other forms of golf. And if you listen and read the National Golf Foundation reports and, and also the guidance from the PGA of America, they really believe that any time you're just hitting and striking a ball with a club, it's really golf. It doesn't have to be 18 holes. It doesn't have to be five hours. So I strongly believe like in 10, 15 years, people will think of golf very differently than you know they used to think of golf five years ago, where it's much more open and, and inviting. And at the same time, we just build the understanding that we're more than golf by our actions. And we do a lot of things outside of golf. And, and our brand does reflect that, and people have given us permission to do that. So we're very fortunate. And I like that definition of golf just being able to hit something sort of randomly because that certainly describes my own experience with the game. So <laughs> absolutely no problem there. Yeah, we um, all have our challenges with that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So just uh, I guess as an aside, going back to esports for a moment, what was your background with video games? Did you play growing up? Was it a big part of your upbringing? Yeah, so I've always been a tinker. Yeah, I, I like to just refer to the fact that I probably didn't have the world's best guidance counselor because, <laughs> you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do at all and I didn't know what was available. I and mean, I grew up in a pretty traditional Chinese family. So, you know, I was told that I just basically had to be a doctor or, or a lawyer. And, but yet my love was really about solving problems and, and technology and sort of the human condition. And so, you know, I, I had computers growing up. I would run over to my neighbor's house, and whose father, you know, used to work at the early days of IBM and, and play with their XT and AT boxes. Um, I remember fooling the telephone 
modems and decouplers to talk to bulletin board systems or trying to try to write some code and, and so I really self-taught myself how to really hack code and you know I can't do it well and and I'm probably one of the worst coders in the world but it it's always interesting to me and, and I'm assuming you know, there just, are no decouplers used at any time <laughs> no there are not <laughs> there are not so you know, I, I've always just been interested in playing games, and it, it was primarily the way that I socialized with a lot of friends, and, and in school, I took every computer class I could and, you know, wrote my own games, and really put that aside as I try to earn a living in, in college and getting out of college. And so, coming out of college, I, I thought I was going to be a doctor or a lawyer, and I sort of got bored with each of them. I basically dropped out of law school and in, in uh, SC and decided that I was going to go and try startups and founded a few companies. I worked at a few startups, but always around technology and, and games. And games have always been like the most interesting form of content for me. And it's not very uh, innovative or unique thought anymore, but 20 years ago to think that games would be as engaging or as much of a medium content as radio or TV or reading or books um, was kind of a distant thought at the time. And I you know, always believed that interactivity and a, the two-way type of conversation you can have in gaming would be much more compelling than just television, which is sort of just broadcasting something at you and, and very passive. So, so yeah, I've, I've worked at a, a bunch of game companies um, and founded WGT, which is a competitive golf game and, and mobile and prior to that I worked on the World Poker Tour, massively multiplayer poker rooms and worked at Virgin with Virgin Games, worked on, you know, Wheel of Fortune games and and ultimately WGT stumbled onto competitive gaming. You know, we were a esport before esport was even cool. We ran the first virtual US Open over twelve years ago and we had two hundred thousand people participate online at the same time playing Beth Page Black on the PC and compete against each other and the winner actually got a trophy from the USGA and they actually have their name on the golf house wall and we knew we hit onto something and what drives WGT today is community aspects of it but also the competition and you know it's been running over 10 years and now every year it has over 300,000 participants and it truly was like one of the first competitive sports tournaments out there and you know on WGT today we run over 10,000 sports competitions a year and it's just really fun to watch and now top golf we get to expand that to other esports and and it's just great to watch how the industry's grown and how it's become mainstream and, and really accepted now well, let me uh, ask you one kind of analog question taking you even further back in your career because i understand that one of your first jobs was selling soda at Folsom field home of my beloved University of Colorado Buffaloes in uh, Boulder, Colorado. And this is the part of the podcast where I get to make a reference to the University of Colorado, which is uh, one of my goals for each podcast. <laughs> but what, what was that experience like? Uh, you, uh, in a sense, it sounds like you started out in the sports event industry. <laughs> yeah, little did I know. You know, I, I get a biology philosophy degree, but yet at Top Golf, I kind of fall back on my, you know, selling Pepsis, walking up the stairs um, at Folsom Field, and working in Chinese restaurants and, and expediting and chopping food. So, you know, it's funny how the whole world comes around. And my mom said that my restaurant experience would never be helpful for me, which is completely untrue now. But 
I always just loved sports, and it was the way that I could watch the Buffs play um, every Saturday and actually get paid for it. So, you know, those were really, really great, great moments for me as a childhood spending time in Boulder. Well, let's end here, uh, I guess, with the look ahead. We've talked about a lot of what Top Golf has in store, particularly with eSports. You're obviously going to be doing more as time goes on, but what does all this look like, say, a year from now, particularly on, on your eSports front? Is the goal here that pretty much all of your venues will have some kind of activation? Do you think it will be that widespread that quickly? Well, yeah, I, we plan and, and anticipate that we will have some forms of esports activations at all the venues. The majority of them will be in the TCL esports lounges with us. But, you know, we, we understand that we're still in the very, very early days of this and that patience and persistence will pay off. And we don't expect anything to happen quickly, but yet we will embrace it and, and we will be here to stay because we think this is a very important audience and, and something that our guests really love and we will continue to invest in this and, and make sure that we support the, the esports community as best as we can. Well, that seems like a perfect way to end. Yu Chang, thanks very much for being with us and best of luck with all your ventures ahead. Great. Well, thank you. A pleasure. This has been another edition of the Sports Travel Podcast. Stay tuned for more discussions to come with leaders in the sports event industry. Until then, this is Jason Gewertz for Sports Travel Magazine. And thanks for listening.